All right. How are you doing? Sorry I wasn't here last week. Had COVID. Blah. Boring. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> um, so passe. So passe. As I said before, it's like going out in an Austin Powers uh, Halloween costume being shagadelic, baby. Being what? Are you still talking about that shit? What's up? Up, up, up in Gangnam Style. I had COVID again, right? So, um, but that, we'll put that to that. I just felt so embarrassed. I, I, hate, I hate when people say, oh, that's so unlucky. Oh, you were so unlucky. I hate when people think I have bad luck. Because I, ha- I like to identify as someone who's only had good luck. And it's totally against my own self-image. <laughs> when I have bad luck. And I get COVID again. But I had COVID again. I had COVID again. I'm having to fucking up. I have to do 15,000 steps a day now to make up for the steps that I lost. But I'll get there. Uh, but And I've been snacking a lot because I didn't lose my t- sense of taste. And I feel like a little pig. I feel like a little, little pig. A little Valentine's pig. A little shiny naked valentine's pig is what i feel like right now you know i feel like i'm <laughs> i'm going to say it again a pig uh on a valentine's card that would say something like i don't know um i want to pork you i want to pork you on this picture of me as the pig on a card right um you baking me crazy thinking about you <laughs> is another thing I might say on a pig related valentine's card um hot to trotter um, fucking snort, uh, snort, snort. Unusual to be in love with anyone. In parentheses, you. I'm a pig. <laughs> um, what else would you say? What else would a pig say on Valentine's? Um, be, oink, oink, uh, uh, shake that, but oink and oink, <laughs> shaking that, but oink and oink. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Shaking that but oink out oink. Uh, like shaking your arse. Um, you are tasty like a pig. You whatever. I'm done with this. What would be a cow one? You. I, I love moo. I love moo. I love moo. Maybe something like that. A chicken. Um, I want a cluck. <laughs> I want a cluck. Whatever. I don't know. Fuck, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Look, I'm going to be honest. I'm keeping appearances here. I'm fucking bricking my show. <laughs> you just knocked the mic. Hey, you can call me Buster Douglas. I just, I'm after knocking the mic again. Um, You can call me, um, whatever was Michael Jackson's father's name. Hang on, talk about yourself for a second. He was very abusive. Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson was his name. Uh, hey, hey, um, hey! You can call me bloody. Uh, you can call me bloody Joe Jackson, because <laughs> I'm after smacking the mic. <laughs> I'm after um, smacking uh, young child star Michael Jackson around uh, with a big, with a big length of corduroy pap. That's what he used to use. Um, uh, horrible abuse. Anyway, listen. No, I'm good. I'm great. I'm actually wonderful. I get to do all this, and it's wonderful. But by mood, just sometimes. Look, just ebbs and fl- just ebbs and flows. Just ebbs and flows, which is my wife. You know, loves it. <laughs> the young fella loves it. Hey, you've heard of uh, Yo-Yo Ma. Well, I'm Yo-Yo Da because my mood is up and down constantly in flux. <laughs> and um, no, everything's fine. Um, it's just, you know, some days I'm there and I'm present and I'm incredibly warm. Uh, and then other days it's like, oh, my God, hey, Terry, you didn't tell me you uh, found a thawing Neanderthal <laughs> in the Arctic. 
Um, is he your new fella? Uh, oh, no, that's Tony. He's just completely absent and not here. Um, thinking about whether a joke about pooing on your hand is funny. <laughs> and I'm like, they're the fucking... <laughs> Life is so fucking hard. Is this joke funny about shitting on your hand? It's so ridiculous. But anyway, I'm out of it now. I'm actually just so glad I get to talk to you. Look, don't tell my wife, but I'm really in love with you. And uh, you just get me. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't get me. See, people do that sometimes. I've seen it in relationships before where people like, uh, they're kind of like, this is completely unrelated, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, where people are like, uh, they put so much in the partner to be like, hey, these are the things that I actually really want to change in my life and want to improve. And then the partner's like, are you sure? Like, you want me my help with that? Do you want me to kind of correct you and kind of course correct when you're in there? Like, yeah, I'd love that. And then eventually they do that. And then they look at the partner and be like, she's got fucking, she's got, got the fucking bumpers up. She's got the bumpers up in my relationship. I just want to fucking go into the gutter sometimes. And she won't let me. <laughs> you know, I'm a big, heavy bowling ball. Just let me go into the gutter sometimes. You know? Um, is that relatable? Anyway, listen, I uh, I'm going to be talking. I did. I watched the late late Valentine special, which is probably why I'm in such <laughs> a bad mood. No, no, it was fine, and I applaud anyone that wears their heart on a sleeve and goes uh, goes on uh, live TV. But before we get onto that, and we will get onto that, as I said, I am going on tour. It's the Pony Tour, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a mix of stand up. It's got some storytelling in it. It's got some new sketches. Some high-end sketches, some high-end tunes, music and stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's hopefully coming to a place near you very soon. Here's a couple of dates for you. The 25th of February, I'm going to be performing in the Westport Theatre in Mayo, kicking off the tour. Please come out. I've not been to Mayo before. Um, there's, there's, There are tickets. <laughs> there are tickets still left for that, so please do come. Uh, the 26th of February in the Black Box in Galway. That's the very next day. I have such a good time with them in Galway. It's always great crack, so that'll be there on the 26th of February. Uh, March the 4th in Dolans, May in Limerick, uh, in Dolans. Uh, had a lot of fun the last time I was there. The 24th, 25th, and 26th of March, I'm in Dublin in Vicker Street. Uh, the 24th, I think there's still some tickets left available for that. The 22nd of April in the Spirit Store in Dundalk. Uh, the 24th of April in the Set Theatre in Kilkenny. The 28th of April in the Whale Theatre in Greystones. And then on May 1st, the Everyman Theatre in Cork. The Theatre! Huge. So if you're uh, Cork or Cork adjacent, please do come for that. Uh, that's in May. It's a while away. So, uh, But we get the tickets now. We do get the tickets now. As well as that, I would like to thank the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Look, you know these guys. Hey, hey, you know these guys. You know them. They're a fine brand. They're a fine bunch of people. And they make a fine-ass whiskey. They make an accessible tasting whiskey it's not the sort of whiskey that's going to blow your neck off <laughs> which some people like and they act like it's brilliant like it's some sort of pain threshold to get through a whiskey some people actually just drink an alcohol and they're like oh you can barely taste it that's not what you want you want to be able to taste it and you might not want it tasting like fucking fire or dirt as some of these whiskeys that are going for like 200 quid might 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 taste no they make a nice tasty accessible whiskey go on the dld.com you can get yourself the Dubliner Bourbon Cast, the Green Label Bottle. It's Irish whiskey with a hint of sweetness. It's like a wild, wild west, man, because it's aged in a bourbon cask. They've got other ones that's uh, with Rascals Brewing Company that's aged in a smoked stout. 
Give that a taste. They also got a cheap and cheerful 22 euro honeycomb liqueur. Tastes like drinking a crunchy bar. My favorite, of course, is the old fashioned. It's the uh, standard uh, Dublin or Irish whiskey that's imbued with all the spices and orange peel and all that fancy shit that you see. And, you know, you go to a rich person's house and they have a bowl full of fucking like star anise. And you're like, what the fuck's that doing in the, in the hall? And there's keys in there. It tastes like that, but in a good way. You know, like spice bowls that you see sometimes in rich people's houses. And you're like, don't touch that. It's just for decoration. That sort of shit. Well, that's in a drink and it tastes lovely with the old fashioned. Is this any good? No, it's great. And uh, do you know what? Uh, just a little sidebar here. I, every single month, do this Jed Patterson character on my Instagram, right? And years ago, I, I remember thinking, I would just love a brand that I could just work with where I just put say the brand's name once per sketch, but everything else is just a fairly unhinged character. And I couldn't believe that they were just okay with that. Every time I send them the script, they're like, yeah, great, go for it. It's fun. Um, so they're also just a really cool company to work alongside. So thank you very much, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey, for your fine continued support of this podcast. Go to the DLD.com, grab yourself a bottle now. But for now, nay on the UTV, we're talking the late, late Valentine's special on the Tony Cantwell Shit Show. It's Tony Cantwell Shit Show. And I know you and you know me And when you're cooking with butter You're cooking with ghee And I'm not talking about Fanny um, So come here to me I'm reviewing today the Late Late Valentine special um, As you know I have a habit of uh, reviewing the Late Late Toy Show Every single year um, And two years ago I reviewed the Late Late Valentine special After someone recommended that I do so And I did actually realise it's a long-standing re- uh, tradition That they normally do every year I thought it was the first year that they were doing it Two years ago but it is a long-standing tradition. And what happens is, from what I understand, is they get some people together, they pair them off, and I don't know if they do this every year, but this is what appears to have happened in the last two years. They, they, they put people in the audience beside each other. So imagine you're looking for love in all the wrong places, and you reach out to the national broadcaster, and they say, we, we got you. So your first date with this person that we've paired perfectly together with you is your dream date of sitting in a late, late show audience and only getting to really communicate to your date through Ryan Tuberty every half hour, maybe twice in the whole hour (laughs) is what you get to do. And I tell you, dating is hard enough as it is, you know, not knowing how much of your best self to show versus your true self, Um, you know, to listen and chat properly. Uh, That's why like a movie date is not a very good first date, let alone sitting there in silence for a good hour, <laughs> watching Dermot Bannon tell the most boring story about a botched engagement to his wife, um, watching uh, some country singer from Tyrone, I don't even know who she is, uh, sing some song wearing a, f- a big Olaf mask like she's the masked singer in a most uncomfortable three minutes of TV I've watched in the last two years. So like that and, and, not, and only kind of getting to whisper to your date because you're not really allowed to talk, you know? If you're allowed to talk, are you really allowed to talk? So uh, I applaud anyone with the bravery to go on the show. And, I, you know, I am kind of grading on a curve here in this grading. I'm grading um, each person, each entrant in this uh, late, late special, Valentine special, using the pre-2017 CAO grading of A1, A2, A3, down to an NG for a no grade. Okay. Some people did get no grade. Um so that's what so that's what I'm doing. So it's I am grading on a curve because it's hard enough to like to 
as I said, put your best foot forward, show your best self, show your true self, but then having to do that through exclusively chatting to Ryan Tuberty and the world, <laughs> well, you know, the oh, 30,000 people who maybe watched The Late Late, um, you know, so that's hard, right? You're having to deal with the energy of your date who's sitting right next to you, Ryan who's asking invasive questions, the audience who cheer and applaud based on the things that you say, they laugh at some things that you say. It's a weird vibe for a first date, so I applaud your bravery but i'm not going to be lenient with anyone that doesn't mean that i'm going to go easy on you anyway let's get on to it all right late late valentine so it opens with the most out of sync white people clapping i've ever heard mate oh my god and this is just the i'm actually looking here at the bars here on the sound wave here and i'm not got that metronome it's unbelievable <laughs> from me but in this case, there was the most out of sync clapping. I actually rec screen recorded the, some of the, the clapping on my phone and then slowed it down. And I'm not messing here when I say this. there's 30 people on screen all clapping. Every single person is clapping at a separate time. It's 30 people. So it's da 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 And it sounds insane. It's not even on an upbeat. It's not on a downbeat. It's like someone told them what clapping was five seconds before they had to clap on TV. It's, ah, uh, oh, we're off to a bad start. Uh, Ryan runs out. The cameraman misses him. <laughs> the cameraman misses him, or person, camera person. He runs, he's not even walking at any kind of fast speed. He's hardly fucking sonic, you know. He walks out. The cameraman does, uh, person uh, misses him. Uh, he goes into the crowd, starts doing a little bit of a dance, just kind of a little, little bop kind of thing. Um, I'm terrified he's going to start belting out Ireland's call again, which, look, I know that was a big thing. It was all over Irish Twitter. People were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe mortifying playing Ireland's call. You know, like, having a, <laughs> like I know Donnie Brook love all that, but maybe that's not, you know. If you're going to make a show that is so bland in general that it has to appeal to the mass of Ireland, right? And I totally get that that's what the Late Late is. It has to be broad enough that all of Ireland is is it's palatable for, right? Of, of especially people, in, you know. Of an older generation, the core demographic of people who are watching the late late, it has to be palatable, you know, for everyone. And that, unfortunately, that means that it's boring for everyone, <laughs> you know. But that's the attempt that they do. Having, you know, uh, belt now Ireland's call uh, is probably a little, little bit misguided, you know, especially considering, you know, uh, two weeks previous they had a map of Ireland with just the sea where northern <laughs> where Northern Ireland was, you know. It's like. Um, you know, it's just it's a bit bit misguided. I personally don't mind Ireland's call. I like it at a rugby match. I think it's, you know, it's totally respectable to have, you know, if you're having an island of Ireland, have something that is for the island of Ireland to sing. Um, so I don't mind that. Anyway, Ryan comes out with a joke. He has a joke. He says, you could power a wind turbine with the smell, the smell of deodorant, he says. I think that's a funny line. You know, they, they always start strong. And then he's got no more jokes for the rest of the show. But that's not a bad one. Then the band starts playing higher. Your love lifting me higher. The, the claps are fucking all over the place. They don't know what to do. Um, and Ryan's still bopping through the audience. Then they do this thing. Ryan goes, right, I want to bring the energy here, right? It's Valentine's Day. Not that you need any excuse. People will do what they're told. But he goes, bring the energy. I want everyone to stand up, right? I want everyone to stand up. We're celebrating Valentine's or whatever. So everyone stands up. And he goes, right, we're going to play a game, right? Stay standing. And everyone stands up and the band goes, starts playing, I'm still standing. Just that one line. The whole band, I'm still standing. Um, <laughs> and then, and I thought that was, I just made me chuckle. And then he goes, right, stay standing if you live outside of Dublin. Which, 
<laughs> I kind of, which isn't a difficult command for to understand. Do you live outside of Dublin? Then stay standing. Do you live inside Dublin? Then sit down, right? Stay standing is a kind of a mad request, right, to do. Because everyone will just naturally, you know, because everyone starts, everyone starts looking around, being like, well, I don't live in Dublin, but what should I do? You know, <laughs> Stay standing if you don't. Well, I live in Dublin, so what should I do? <laughs> you know, everyone starts looking around. Sheila, where do you live? Do you live in Dublin? And sit down, love. That's all right. I wouldn't stand then. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's just looking around, not knowing what to do. And <laughs> and the band's still like, I'm still standing. Right, and then it goes to the next one. Right, stay standing if you run a business. <laughs> and everyone again is looking around like, like, what should I do? So I actually do, so I do, I don't run a business. So what should I <laughs> What should I do? And they're looking around the band, like, I'm still standing. And people are, like, sitting down at a different pace. The same, the exact same way that they clap. They're sitting and now stay standing. Um, if you're in a loved-up couple, people are like, oh, I don't know. Like, what do you, <laughs> you know, looking at each other. Well, we are in a couple, but what do you think? Are we loved? No, we're not loved up. We'll sit down. You know, um, the band, I'm still standing. And then stay standing um, if you're a, uh, if, if you're from the Midlands. Right? That's easy. That's easy. To, and then it ends up there's just one couple still standing and it's Ray and Claire. Now, I'm some. Now, hmm. I'm, I'm not exactly Sherlock Holmes, although I have been known to wear a hat frontways and a hat backways to look like one of those uh, deer hunter, deer stalker hats. But I think this might have been on purpose. And I'm getting, hmm, it's very interesting. These seem to match a certain criteria. It's one couple. And I'm like, he's obviously going to propose. <laughs> and I was thinking that. I was thinking that if I'd been in that audience, there's no way I would have sat down. I would have ruined Ray and Claire's night. There's no way. that The opportunity for that attention, standing up, still standing with a camera just on me, uh, no way. I would, have, I would have said, yeah, Ryan, I'm also from... Actually, sorry, Ryan, I'm also still standing. So, <laughs> Ryan, I'm also... I'm actually from uh, Athlone. And I have my own business as well. And I'm in a loved up couple. So, well, you know, so can I... Because he has... <laughs> he brings them down to the set. And I def, I definitely would. Well, I, well, I'm gonna come as well. So I'm because I match the criteria. Come on, like get the band going. I'm still standing. <laughs> Heavy's fucking pushing me. Stop me from getting on the stage. Pushing my face. No, no. You know. But luckily, I, I wasn't there to ruin Ray and Claire's night. Um, they get chatting to him. He says, he says. So how how did you you know how did you meet him? Um. We met, we met, so we met in Mullingar, we met in the Chipper after the pub, and everyone's like, ah, <laughs> that's mad, that's not romantic, you know. Yeah, we both started eating a battered sausage <laughs> from each end <laughs> that was left on the counter, and as soon as we met in the middle, I knew it was love. <laughs> and then we just lay on the hot counter for hours, staring at each other. Um, anyway, he says they stayed up all night, they were walking around, the sky was pink, he says. Um, and then um, he says, "And sorry, do you have anything else you want? Do you have anything else you want to check for?" And uh, and he gets down on one knee. And do you know what I love about Ray? Chap takes his time. Chap is like, do you know what? This is my TV license. I'm getting it back right now by eating up this airtime with this long proposal. But it's beautiful and it's great, and I love it. He's not bound down to the RTE elite. You know, we got D Forbes screaming in her off, get him off the fucking thing. And he's like, no, I'm taking my time. And his body language is there. He's so in love with her. He's facing her. He's talking to her. She's only seen him. He's only seen her. And it's a lovely proposal. The audience go mad. It's like, yeah. And then I laughed out loud thinking, and now these fuckers have to watch the late, late. <laughs> and now these fuckers have to go back to their seats and sit in silence with their phones blowing up. Not writing back to any text. You know, they get in trouble having some stagehand. Turn the fucking phone off. Turn your fucking phone off. You know, this is TV. There's no phones. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know. But anyway, it turns out that they, they're still there on the stage, and they bring out some of their friends. And Ryan's like, "Tell us about the couple." And they're like, "Oh, well, look, we do be we do be having a drink sometimes or two. And the audience go, "Ah, <laughs> you know, there your man's getting a pass on 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 jokes because everyone's just in such a good mood." And he's like, yeah, they ooze warmth. And he goes, Ray is a great guy. And Claire is beautiful. <laughs> Ray is a great guy. All right? He's such a full, beautiful person. And Claire's nice. <laughs> you know? You often hear that at weddings. The women just get skanked at weddings, you know? Ray's a great guy. You know, he'll never leave you high and dry. Always reliable. He's been a mentor to me and my son <laughs> growing up, you know? And doesn't Claire look lovely as well? The flowers are nice, you know? And I was just thinking, let these guys leave. Come on, they're engaged. This is the most personal moment of their life, and they're having to be so public about it. But then Ryan says, no, do you know what? The whole gang, you're going to the Talbot Hotel in Slorgan. Yeah! You know, I don't know. The band plays something. Anyway, then a cleaner comes out. Wilma, the actual cleaner, comes out. And they start sweeping up all the confetti that's just popped right and she's got a heart apron on and she goes i love dermot bannon i love dermot bannon oh my god i love dermot bannon and then they some some she he somehow summons dermot bannon through beetlejuice he goes dermot 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 bannon dermot bannon dermot bannon and then out comes dermot bannon wilma goes mental and it's like, this is such a shoehorned... Who would you most like to see that we have here in the back to promote their new show that's also on RTE? I think of that small parameter of people. <laughs> I don't have to say Dermot Bannon. Well, guess what? Here he is. Oh, dears and do-do-do-fo. The band don't know what to do with this down-tempo beat. Um, anyway, it walks Dermot Bannon. I don't know who the fuck this is. I don't know with the greatest respect to Dermot. I'm not saying that just to say that he's a loser or anything like that. I don't think he's a loser. Seems like a nice guy. He's a very handsome man. But I don't know who anyone is. I don't watch TV, and I left Ireland for seven years. Um, for longer, for like eight, nine years, right? So I was outside of Ireland. I don't know who Dermot Bannon is. Is he an architect? I don't know. I don't watch TV. Look, if he's not on Twitch streams, if he's not on Twitch, then I don't know who he is, right? If he's not playing Sekiro, then I don't fucking know who he is. Anyway, it turns out he's some architect. Um, he's, um, I, and I, I was trying to Google whether he had some work done, because he looks amazing for 49. Uh, he's a year older than Ryan. Anyway, he tells some story about a botched engagement. He says, it got a ring. He had it wrapped. Um, the story's kind of going on a bit. It's getting a bit boring. And then he says a bit where he says he had to trim a bit off a Christmas tree. And he had to trim the knobbly bit off. And this somehow sends the audience into a cum-filled frenzy. This minor double entendre. They're like, ah, knobbly bit. And they can't handle it. It's just, you know, that sometimes happens sometimes. Sometimes a story is so boring, it actually fuses people into becoming horny. Like, it actually creates diamonds in how horny people are. They're like, you know, because this story is so boring. It's kind of a self-defense mechanism that some people have just to, to buy the time. Anyway, it's a boring story with great respect to him. Um, and then they show a clip of Dermot Bannon on Blind Date. He was on Blind Date in like 92 or something like that with Scylla Black. And um, they show they show one of his quips. You know, you have to be all quippy and say something like flirtatious while also like having like a euphemism. <laughs> you know, like say like, you know, I had like my, my genius... Uh, puns about the, the 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 pigs. So say, for example, I was on Blind Date and, you know, it was like Bernadette, or is her name, right? And she goes, um, my favorite uh, George Orwell book is, you know, um, Animal Farm. You know, um, who would you be and, and why? Uh, I would say, well, you know, Bernadette, I'm somewhat of a pig. 
and I'm always looking for a, a, another pig who's hot to trot with me. And if you go out with me, I'll make sure that I'll keep you shaking that bad oink and oink all night. Ah, you know, that sort of stuff. His isn't as good as mine, right? Uh, <laughs> he says, forget the hair, forget the two ugly ducklings and go for the swan, he says. <laughs> uh, yeah, what was the ugly duckling? A fucking swan, you muppet. Forget these two swans and go for the swan, you moron. <laughs> I know, I know. But, I mean, if anything, it's uh, you're also a swan, but you're dumb because you also don't know, you can't recognize a fucking swan if you're a swan. So, I mean, he she, he didn't get picked. But he ended up copping off with her. And Ryan was very kind of, like, pressurizing, being like, tell me what fucking happened. Real kiss and don't tell. And he's like, yeah, I did cop off with her. But I'm try- I, I literally was just talking about how I proposed to my wife a second ago. Could you not? It felt very uncomfortable. And he apparently uh, got 1,200 quid. 92? I'll, uh, I'll look up the inflation on what that would be now. Anyway, then we watch a clip about his show, right? And I couldn't believe this clip, right? This is some primetime TV. The clip... You know the way Paul Rudd sometimes goes on Conan O'Brien and shows that same clip of Mac and me, you know, and it's hilarious. Or, you know, sometimes you see, like, I don't know, The Rock, and it shows a clip of him, you know, driving a fucking car off a cliff to hype, to hype interest in a new show, right? This is the clip for, I don't know, Room to Improve or whatever the show is. I don't know what it is, right? Uh, So here's a clip from your new show. He's in a kitchen with a woman, right? And uh, he goes, so what do you think of the cabinets? They're very blue. And she goes, oh, I'm not really big on primary colors. They're a bit too blue. And Dermot's like, uh, so would that be a deal breaker, would it? And she goes, yeah, maybe, yeah. And they, <laughs> and they come back from the clip. And they come back from the clip. And the wor- and everyone's screaming. Yeah, no one can believe what they've just seen. This is going to be on TV. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, this is, oh, I couldn't believe it. Like, uh, I, don't, I just don't think sometimes the question is asked. Will this clip make people more hype? <laughs> and if not, <laughs> then don't show it. Like, why why, why show anything that's just a bit more the same? You know what I mean? It was already a boring story. Anyway, look, whatever. Moving on. It's I, I can't even come down on it so hard. I haven't got onto the people yet. I can't even come down on it so hard because I, it's just not for me. It's just not for me. So I can't. It's the same way that you have people in the Irish Times, given all the Marvel movies two stars. It's like, it's not for them to stop reviewing the fucking flicks. Do you know what I mean? It's not, if you don't like, if you don't like any of them, then stop reviewing them, right? Stop giving them all bad reviews. You don't like it, then don't watch it, right? Um, anyway, moving on. Competition time. Um, to win 20,000 in cash, um, is it, uh, an- answer this uh, meatloaf lyric. I would do anything for love, but I won't do this, that, or the other. <laughs> But I won't do the other. <laughs> um, it is, of course, that. Um, and someone wins later on with a funny name, and we'll get onto that. Um, so then uh, the RT player went to ads, and it came back from the app with no sound again. And we meet some of the people who are in the audience. Now, this is a bit different. Normally, or I don't know if this is normal, but two years ago, there were some people kind of doing a kind of a blind date game where they had to answer kind of funny questions and stuff like that. And, and that... Um, and they kept getting paired off, and then they kept swapping dates and stuff like that. And it was a bit exciting two years ago. This year, they're all just sitting there right beside each other, not really been able to talk all night with their masks on, not even seeing each other's faces. And they're meant to. And then Ryan's like, So, what have you? Have you hit it off so far? 
what between what listening to Durham at Bannon and watching the clip about the blue blue fucking cabinets? Yeah, we're fucking we've an insatiable fire and lust for each other after seeing them blue fucking cabinets. We can't stop it. <laughs> we can't stop it. Um, but anyway, first is Niall and Kate. So um, Kate uh, looks like a cat. She has cat eyes, uh, but eyes. Um, so I'm gonna actually call her cat 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 cat. Uh, from Kilkenny. Um, she teaches in Docky. She says, over your way, Ryan. Ryan seems a bit phased by the fact that she knows exactly where he lives. Um, so she has been paired up with Niall from Balnaslow, um, who comes from a farming background, but he now works as a travel agent. Uh, and they're getting on well so far. They they seem like a nice couple. They seem fine. He seems generally unfazed by the whole thing. She seems quite excited by the whole thing. Um, they're both of equal attractiveness. Um, he says, well, you know, she's a good-looking girl. She's a country woman. You know, I've been looking abroad. It hasn't been going very well. But he's not saying it in the droll that I'm saying it. He's saying it in quite a jovial way. He's just kind of laughing at the whole absurdity of the situation. Seems quite charmed by it all. He says, I'm going to listen to Mammy now. Find myself a nice country girl. Um, she seems to be happy enough as well. I'm not, I don't, I'm not really getting to know her, unfortunately, enough yet. You know, but my first impression is I give him a C1, right? On a, on a higher kind of C1 grade. And I give her a C2. Right, just I don't know enough about her yet. I'm impressed by how kind of unfazed, you know, he kind of seems by the whole thing. Then we move on to Michael and Laura. Steamy Michael and Laura. Oh my God, you can cut, you can cut the sexual tension <laughs> with a butter. No, it's really bad. Um, Michael seems like his soul <laughs> left his body just before he had to go. It's like someone showed him the Ark of the Covenant just before he went out, and his soul was in the middle of leaving. And they're like, right now, go out there, <laughs> and he's like. <gasps> And um, he seems a bit phased by the whole thing. He says, um, he's like, so what do you do, Michael? And he goes, I do GAA, do a bit. I do a bit of GAA coaching in primary schools. I do a bit of GAA coaching. Uh, I'm looking for uh, someone nice, uh, someone sound. I'm looking for someone nice and someone sound. <laughs> and then Ryan's like, oh, that really limits it. And then he goes, uh, all right, Laura, what are you what are you looking for um, in a man? And she goes, not a farmer. Uh, not a farmer, uh, someone who's into hurling. And I'm like, oh, well, that bodes well. And he goes, and she goes, oh, yeah. Ryan's like, oh, why is that? And and she can't, I don't remember what she says. She goes, like, I need someone who can handle me or something. She's like, she says it in almost a way that, like, if he's into hurling, that he'll know how to handle her. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's a, like she's a hurl. I need a man who can pick me up by my feet, Ryan, and smack my head against a fucking ball. Oh, my God, that's how I'm looking for um, and then they're like, and so how's it how's it going so far? And then he's like, yeah, see how it goes, yeah. We'll see how it goes. And and yeah, and how's it been going so far? Yeah, not too bad, Grant. Not too bad. Getting nothing out of this guy. This guy, this guy filled out an application and was all like, I'm a sexual butterfly. I gotta get on TV and flap my wings. You gotta see me. You gotta see me on TV. And then he's like, <laughs> anyway, I give I gave her a C three so far. Um. She said the one hurling thing. I couldn't quite hear what she said. And I give him a D2. Next up, an older, but not not old, but an older uh, couple here um, with Joanne and Joseph. I'm saying maybe late 40s, early 50s. Um, and Joanne is a former drug addiction services counsellor. She's now moved into admin. She seems like a very empathetic soul. She seems like she has a lot of love to give. She's bubbly. She's fun. Ryan says, what are you looking for? She says, my husband, yow! And everyone's like, yeah. You know, Joseph is like, he's like kind of loving this. He's kind of like, yeah, she's going to, I know she's going to fucking eat me up. <laughs> she's literally going to snatch me up 
But I'm loving it. He looks like he can handle her. He's laughing and not exactly in a terrified way. A little bit in a terrified way. But he seems kind of charmed. Charmed by it all. You know? And... Um, He's uh, he's a, an IT consultant for the last 30 years. He came from a mother and baby home. Um, he's recently done some acting. He's got three degrees in the last couple of years. He's got a postgrad from Trinner's. He's made sure to highlight that one. Joanne just gives him a fucking grab. Just fucking, ow, like a giant squid. And he's loving it. And not in an awkward way. This is the hottest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I give her a B1 and I give him a C1. You know, um, I didn't hear enough from him yet. I don't know his personality. I know what he's like. But Joanne, I know all about her. She's great. Next up, we have Amy. Amy and Ronan. Now, Amy Amy is a stunner. Amy's 23 years old. She uh, is a teacher from Monaghan. She's very bubbly. She's got a lovely smile. Um, she seems confident enough to kind of communicate with Ryan. Doesn't seem scared. <laughs> it looks like she has a soul. Do you know what I mean? Like the soul has not exited. You know, she was like, I'm not actually just going to look in the Ark of the Covenant right now because I'm about to go out here. Uh, Ronan looks like he's had a peak. <laughs> Ronan's looking like he's had a minor peak in the Ark. And um, not all of his soul. This is the thing, right? Ronan seems like a... I was going to say nice guy, but he doesn't even show enough of himself that I can even get a sense of that. I mean, certainly he's a, no doubt a hard worker and quite caring. He works in social care. He works in residential care. You know, that's a hard job. So he's probably a grafter and he's no doubt uh, yeah, have uh, has a lot of empathy to be able to give over so much of himself like that. Uh, so much of himself like that. You know, he's like, yeah, we're enjoying each other's company. Yeah, yeah. He's given off the kind of energy that like he's going to be found out for something. Like, Ryan is about to say, what were you doing in that urinal? And he's going to, oh, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he's he's almost like waiting. He kind of looks like he's come in there like your man who who accidentally walked out uh, and was interviewed by the BBC. He looks like he was just meant to be setting up some of the plumbing. <laughs> and he accidentally came out, sat next to Amy, who's a stunner, and was all like, yeah, I'll be Ronan for a while. <laughs> I'll be, you know, Ronan for a little bit here. Uh, yeah, 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 we're having a good, yeah. You know, um, he, and the thing is, right, the lads seem very scared. All the lads seem very scared. And all the women are seem quite confident. And they're all beautiful. They're also very well aware about what was required of them to to show, to, like, what they were actually taking part in, which was kind of like going on a date in an audience, right? And this is the thing. I don't mean to generalize about about genders, right? But men, men, don't, think, men don't think, right? And this is very apparent on this show, right? Men... Just uh, even just speaking from personal experience, without without throwing every gender, I don't think, right? I don't think Jerry Seinfeld's got a great bit on how, how men's minds work. Without being too, you know, I don't want to be so reductive as talk, but you know, but he's got, <laughs> he's like, people are always wondering what men are thinking about, and I'll tell you, nothing. We're walking around, looking around. It's one of my favorite lines of his, right? Because I know from personal experience that if me and Terry have a big decision to make. And we want to, we're having a, a chat about it. Maybe it's late at night. And she's like, all right, look, we'll, we won't decide now. We'll have a think about it. And we'll talk in the morning. We'll make a decision on it in the morning. I'm like, great. Then that's the last time I've <laughs> thought about it, right? And then when we meet in the morning, she's like, what do you think about that? And I'm like, impulse decision. And I'll just say one of them, right? I haven't thought it through. I haven't thought about the various steps. And I know that she has. She was brushing her teeth thinking about it. She was maybe staying awake thinking about it. And then in the morning, Based on all these things, she's come around. And I don't even know what that looks like in a brain. I can't even relate to that whatsoever. And I, But I do know a lot of men work that way as well. And I think that's very apparent here on this show, right? 
Like, the women understood the assignment. They thought to themselves, right, what will I wear? What mask will I have? What makeup will I do? Will it, will it interfere with my mask? What will we talk about? Uh, what will it be like when Ryan asks me the question? I should have something prepared. What will it be like with the audience? Right, I've thought all those things through. Yes, I'll do it. Meanwhile, the lads are like, uh, yeah, what bus do I get? <laughs> you know, do I get the green bus or the blue bus? Where is it, Dublin? And that is the first and last thought the men on this had. I'm not, I I would have done the exact same thing, right? I'm just saying, hands up, I would have done the exact same thing, but it's a clear, (laughs) clear evidence of just how two people can prepare for for, for one thing, you know, just, and actually, well, we'll talk more about that in a second. I think RT have a tendency not to fully visualize exactly how things are going to play out as well, but more on that in a second. Anyway, I give Amy a B2 uh, and I give Ronan a C3, you know? So only way is up for Ronan. Then you got Anna and Owen. They're a fairly, they're another mismatched duo here, right? Um, she seems quite funny. She seems quite effervescent, you know? She says, I have them well trained. She says, I have them checking my lipstick when I take the makeup off. Um, so that's funny. She's like, you know, doing a little zinger. She has that in the back pocket. Um, there's a bit of a height difference among them. Uh, among many, many other things. Uh, but Ryan says, well, I guess you're, that makes you kind of like Zendaya and Tom Holland. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, these two are Zendaya and Tom Holland. But Anna is a tall fashion buyer for pennies. Um, she seems quite confident. She's quite pretty. Uh, Owen uh, is an apprentice electrician. I wonder, will the sparks fly? Uh, probably not. I gave her a B3 and I give him a C2. You know, I didn't get to know him whatsoever. He d- I don't even said anything of note. Um... Then we have Sandra and David. They're kind of late 30s, early to mid 40s. Um, David is from Swords. Um, He looks like David Hasselhoff. Um, He needs to take off his blazer because he looks very, very warm. But I suppose, to be fair to him, it is uh, the start of February (laughs) at nighttime. No, he seems very, very warm. And he's drinking a lot of water. Um, But he seems to have understood the assignment. He's talking maybe a little bit too much, but it's fine. Uh, he's he's telling, he's telling. Um, well, hang on. Well, I'll get onto his story first, because then you got Sandra, who's thirty eight. She's from Kildare. Um, she's gorgeous. She's got very kind eyes. Uh, she has a stammer, which she's overcome, um, and she has the kind of cadence that you know it doesn't necessarily sound like it. It, it is a, a stammer. Um, not that I have any. You know what I mean. I don't know if I'm in, if this is the right thing or an appropriate thing to say. But it doesn't seem like she has a stammer. It seems I'm not saying calling her a liar. I'm just saying that you wouldn't know that she had a stammer because she seems to the way she talks. She's got a lot of grace and she seems to just. It sounds like everything she's saying is just very thoughtful and methodical, like Enya. Um, she's great. She seems she's been paired up with David and she seems to be getting on quite well with David. David seems like a dude doesn't take himself too seriously. He uh, he and he. I mean, <laughs> he 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 tells this anecdote. Which is funny, but he doesn't make it funny. He almost says it just very matter of fact. He's like, um, so I have a hairpiece. Uh, I used to have a hairpiece. Um, but because of Brexit, um, the, the sticky tape that I used to put to my head uh, wouldn't stick to the, um, the, the hairpiece anymore. So I actually had to go to Des Kelly to get carpet tape to stick on my head. But since then, I've had a hair transplant. So <laughs> the, difficulty, the difficulty with telling, and I've, I've struggled with this, David, so you have my sympathies. The difficulty with telling a funny story is when the whole idea is funny, it's difficult to highlight which bits are the funny part. But when you're telling it in front of an audience, you kind of have to end every sentence with a funny bit. And then and then and then the reveal is, you know, well, what did I do? I had to go to Des Kelly, you know, and he forgot the name of Des Kelly. So it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not bad. Um, 
it's not bad, and I think they they seem quite nice. She uh, she gets a B one for me. He gets a C one for me. Then they do this weird masked singer bit. Olaf comes out and sings "I Will Always Love You" and does the same kind of you know, and it sounds great. You know, she's got a set of pipes on her, Olaf, and um, she's doing the same movements, kind of like rubbing her eyes, and you know, you know, like Olaf's crying and. It's not the kind of song, it's so slow that the audience can't kind of clap. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but it's the sort of thing that the, the Late Late does quite a lot, where they come up with an idea, thinking we'll do a masked singer bit, and we'll put a mask on someone and have them sing, without fully thinking the idea through. Like, when the masked singer happens, you have the masked singer go out there, and you're looking at the masked singer, and then it cuts to the it cuts to the judges being like, "Who is it? I wonder who it is." And everyone's got it. It, it, it creates some level of fervor and, and interest, you know. And the audience are like, it shows audience reactions of them being like, "Oh, you know." But when you just hold on someone on a small stage, a flat small stage, singing "I Will Always Love You" with a giant Olaf mask and no other, you know, costume, it gets a bit redundant. And I don't know if it's asked. This question is asked enough in the late late or RTE where they have an idea, they, they never seem to ask, what does minute two of that idea look like? You know, like, you can say in retrospect, oh, well, we had an Olaf on, we did a masked singer thing. But did, like, yes, technically you did, but did anyone have a <laughs> I don't mean to be so harsh on it, but did anyone have a good time? Anyway, it turns out it's um, it's Cleena uh, Hagen, who I'm not familiar with, um, but I thought she looked at it and sounded, and I mean this is the highest possible compliment, like Blue Hydrangea from uh, Drag Race UK. Um, you know, uh, and a lovely voice. She does a, an amazing cover of Jolene, and everyone again fucking clapping all over the place. Jolene, Jolene. Um, so yeah, she does that. Um, I also noticed that this is a different Olaf mask than the one Ryan used three years ago at the Late Late Toy Show. These lads are rinsing through cash for Olaf masks. Could they not have gone into the costume department and used the old Olaf mask? Huh? Huh? Anyway. Then we have a kind of Harry Met Sally kind of thing of like what people who are in relationships look like. <laughs> so we meet like a, you know, a 50-odd-year-old couple of Anne-Marie and Liam who met on Valentine's Day 25 years ago. And he says something nice. He goes, what's the key to a, a successful marriage? And he goes, well, she looks after me and I look after her. We mind each other. I, lo- I, love, I love just some beautiful diluted wisdom like that. That's just lost on us, on us fucking scatterbrained millennials, man. Just we mind each other, you know. I wouldn't mind a bit more, a bit more strict rules, but I like the vibe you're going for, Liam. You get an A two from me and Anne Marie. I don't even remember you speaking, <laughs> uh, so I give you a C one. Then you got Sarah and Paul. They're young and in love. Oh my god! And Sarah is some kind of Spanish, and um, they're getting married next year sometime, maybe May. You want to get on that, bro? You want to get on that? The venues are filling up. Anyway, but funny, they met in a petrol station. <laughs> they met in a bloody petrol station. She got locked out of her car in a petrol station. Where'd you meet your wife? A petrol station. What is she, a smelly f- f- tree? What is she, a, a, pe- a, sm- a smelly tree with a string on her? Where'd you meet her petrol station, you know? Uh, air freshener? Woman? You know? And I tell you, I was surprised from Ryan here. Uh, sorry, I just had a sip of coffee. I think that's why I'm wired now again. Uh, I was surprised here from Ryan, uh, considering he was so double entendre heavy with Bannon earlier on that he doesn't come out with a few here. So I thought, you know, Ryan would have been like, and uh, yeah, and tell me, um, and tell me, Sarah, did he uh, did he fill up your tank? 
Did he fill up your tank with his, uh, I don't even know what the name is, the petrol gun? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and tell me, and tell me, Paul, is she is she diesel or unleaded? Did you check the cap on her? Is she diesel or unleaded? That's not even derogatory, because I don't even know what that means. Um, you check, you want to check the cap on this bitch? No, she's not. I, I've actually said it too much recently, and I need, even though I'm joking, I, I need to cut it out of my vocab. Anyway, we move on to someone who's definitely not a bitch, and that is Annie. Uh, Sarah's not a bitch either. Uh, Annie lives in Ballsbridge. She's been single all her life. She's never married. She was engaged forty years ago. She has a daughter, Maeve, who's twenty. Annie is maybe. I mean, I it, I couldn't tell. She's either a stunning fifty-five-year-old woman. Uh, or a, you know, or a stunning 35-year-old woman. She's just a stunning white-haired woman. Um, She's effervescent. She seems to have um, a love of life. You know, she seems to love her independence. Um, And she's ready to get after it. She's ready. She's not with a partner. She's not with a partner. She's single. And I tell you, if I was 18 years younger, um, I'd I'd probably go out with her if she bought me stuff. (laughs) <laughs> I'd probably go out with her if she bought me stuff when I was 18 years younger. I don't know if that's what she's, if that's what she's looking for. But um, anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm the I'm married now and I'm the age I am now. Then, um, anyway, Annie, sorry, Sarah gets a C2 and Paul, I don't remember speaking, gets a D1. Uh, Annie, I give her an A3. I give her an A3. I thought she was great. And hopefully, you know, someone slides into her DMs now because she's um she's quite the catch. Um, then you have Brian and Arthur Granola come out. I don't know who is. I know Brian, of course. Uh, Brian, let me talk. Let me tell uh, Brian Dowling. Brian Dowling is the greatest, is the greatest, funniest reality TV star that's ever been on television. His season of Big Brother was transcendent, transcendent. He is brilliant. He was. It was like watching an hour of stand up a day for a month. He is so fucking funny. I love Brian Dowling. I think he's fucking brilliant. And um, and he comes out telling it like it is. He says, do you know what, mate? These lads are fucking punching. I'm going to call a spade a spade. The lads are punching. The women are stunning, right? Uh, not my words. The words of Brian Dowling, right? Um, and he's got a pair of his, his lip gloss. Oh, my God. He's got the pair, pair of juiciest lips I've ever seen. Uh, anyway, he tells a story about how he met his uh, husband, Arthur, who seems like a nice dude. He's got nice hair. I think he's on Dancing on the Stars or something like that. Uh, they dated for four years back in 2002 and something like that. And then they broke up. And then Ryan goes, and why did you break up? Why did you break, why did you break up? What is, when is there ever a funny answer to why he kept leaving the toilet seat up? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I have issues of being faithful. I have issues. Of, uh, we broke up because I have issues of being faithful. And he wanted someone who could be exclusive. <laughs> you know, like what, what answer, you know. Um, I have issues of being faithful. I still do. Um, and a great suit on Dowling, a lovely kind of emerald green. Um, and the, he tells an engagement story. It's fine. They say something about hotel swans, which, as you know, I have an issue with. When I, well, I tell you, when you when you go on honeymoon, you, they'll give you everything made out of a towel, right? The hotel swans. Um, but what they don't tell you is that they use multiple towels to create the swan. It's not one towel. I mean, sometimes it is, but if it's a really big one, they sometimes use multiple towels. Sometimes they make mad little faces and roses and stuff like that, but they use multiple towels. I feel like that's cheating, and I don't know if people know about this. So it's a soapbox that I'm willing to get on. <laughs> As I always mix my metaphors with a hill I'll die on. It's a soapbox I'm willing to get on and tell people about. Um, 
Anyway, they're great. They're hoping to have a baby, which is lovely. Brian's a funny dude. Not that this fucking audience would know about it. They're lemmings, not even laughing. There needs to be someone there, a hype man, just being like, hey, now you laugh. Just raising their arms just to let people know when to laugh because the RT audience have no idea. Um, Anyway, it's another RT show that they have to plug again after Bannon was plugging the other RT show. It's the real Ouroboros of mediocre content as a snake eating its own tail. Um... Anyway, they, we check in with the couple again who are sitting in the crowd. Uh, again, just watching the show, not talking. And then Ryan's like, how have you been getting on? Being like, oh, well, we both enjoyed, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Brian Dowling's story about how he sent Arthur to get tomato sauce and he got tomato puree. We realized we're, <laughs> we realized we're passionately in love with each other when we heard that story. Not having to go up, Brian. But what are these to do? Do you know what I mean? Um, either way, we, we, we check back in with them. Um, <laughs> hopefully, somehow, they're madly in love. Kate and Niall, who again seem like a cool, nicely matched couple, young, they're attractive, they seem quite charming, they seem to have both understood the assignment. Actually, I, I, I can't be tarring Niall with the brush here, he seems to be cool enough, but I am grading on a curve here. Um, and he's like, yeah, we're pretty good, will you, will, you know, will you just go out? Ask Ryan, we might. And he goes, I'm going to push you for a real answer, will you go out? He goes, yeah, we will. So they're going out, that's great. Everyone's like, yeah, 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 I give Kate a C2, I give Niall a C1. He seemed to talk a little bit more and... Um, be a bit more comfortable in the whole situation, not having to go with your cage. You seem quite good. Or should I say cat because of your eyes? Um, Laura and Michael. All right. Michael Soul is, is gone. <laughs> Michael Soul has left his body, will not be returning. Uh, it was last seen abor- uh, boarding a ferry to Hollyhead. It is gone. Um, so he is just, uh, he does not want to be here anymore. <laughs> he does not want to talk. Ryan's like, How was it? He goes, Yeah, we were chatting. It was grand. It was grand. Um, and how we've been getting on, yeah, Grant. He doesn't say and beyond it's Grant, almost like he's like, stop talking to me, stop talking to me. I don't want to talk anymore, you know. And I'm like, that's not how this works, bro. That doesn't work this way, bro. You gotta pay the piper, bro. You gotta you're on TV. Do a backflip. Just do a backflip or something. Just you have to give us something, you know? But he doesn't want to. So my final grade is Laura, I give her a D1, because unfortunately I just didn't get to know you, Laura, I'm sorry. And Michael, I give you an NG. It's a no grade. You're gonna have to repeat in the summer. Uh Joe and Joanne, oh fabulous. Ryan says, how have you got on? He says, she says, just, oh, just fabulous. Fabulous. And do you think you'll go on a date? And she goes, look, I'm a woman. She goes, I'm a grown-ass woman. And I know what I want. So I am going to wrap him up in my tentacles and bring him down to my little lair and put him in my garden as a gnome. And Ringo Starr is going to play and we're going to have a great time. Right? That's what's happening. He's coming down to live with me under the sea. Joe seems totally fine with that. I give a B1 to Joanne and a final score of a B3 for Joe. Great job. You might have been the standout couple of the night. Now, Amy Amy and Ronan. Amy and Ronan. Um, Amy is the 23-year-old teacher, and Ronan is the, the, the residential care care worker. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really know what the kind of vibe is, if they're vibing on each other right now. Amy seems to be quite nice about it. And actually, do you know what? Ronan says here, he goes, yeah, she's very easy to listen to. She's a lovely Ross Common voice. Right? And it is a lovely accent. Um, but he reveals that she's just been talking. In fact, she says, yeah, sorry, I've been burning the ear off him. Now, look, Ronan, I'm going to come down pretty harsh on you for this, right? Because I'm also, a, a, you know, a, an unkempt beard, glasses-wearing, jumper-wearing with usually stains on it, wide-shouldered kind of uh, lovable oaf, <laughs> right? That's kind of my wheelhouse. So, you know, game respect game here. You were probably mismatched, but that's still, that happened. It landed on your lap, right? Uh, y- y- she shouldn't have been the one filling the gap here. That is, that is what you do, right? When you are, when you are like what we are, okay. When you are a lovable, um, cute, you know. When you're when you're cute, and not hot, right? 
you have to be the one with the chat, okay? When you're cute and not hot, right? We're both cuties. We're not hotties, okay? We're not hotties. And that's fine. That's fine. But you need to make sure that when you're paired up with someone who's hot, that you actually have to kind of bridge the gap a little bit. The fact that she's talking in your ear and you're just listening and nodding along with your mask over your beard is not a good look. And that's why I'm going to have to give her a B3 and I'm going to have to give you a firm D1. I like you. I see myself in you. And you know for next time. All right. Next up, Sandra and David. Uh, Mr. Fucking Des Kelly. He says, yeah, we might meet up over the weekend. Well, he says, yeah, we might meet up um, after this, or if not, then we'll meet up in the next weekend. So they've kind of thought it through. That's good, you know. Um, they um, And they seem like a nice couple. They seem like they they're, they seem patient. They seem like they have their things, you know, and they seem to be understanding of each other, um, and they seem to like each other. Uh, I'm giving Sandra a B2. I'm going to give David a B3. I thought he was one of the top boys, to be perfectly honest. I thought he was one of the top lads. Anna and Owen, um, she seems like she's just having a fucking laugh with this whole thing. You know, they seem a bit of mismatch. They don't seem like they have the similar interests. Now, that might be me just, you know, I don't know, being a bit unfair. You know, what's to say because she's into fashion that he's not into fashion? Or because he's into, elect- um, you know, electricians that she's not into electronics? <laughs> you know? So who's to say? But they don't seem, they, aesthetically, like stylistically, they seem quite different. There's a bit of a, you know, I know she probably wanted someone tall and, you know, um, they just don't seem well matched. In fact, for the most part, these couples don't seem well matched. And I think that falls on RTE. And I think that uh, there should have been a longer search rather than just like a week before the, the, the Valentine special. You know, maybe if you had more people, you could have better suited them. And no doubt, because I've heard about it on first dates and stuff like that, a lot of people pull out last minute because they're like, no, I actually can't do it. And then they end up getting replacements and all the work just falls out. So maybe they should be contractually obliged to come in. That's probably what it is. Anyway, um, Ryan asks, are you lovers or friends? Which is such a big fucking thing. And he goes, we are lovers. <laughs> he goes, we are lovers. This woman, this woman who I sat beside with a mask on and listened to Dermot Bannon tell a fucking shite story. I fell in love. <laughs> I fell in love when I saw Olaf come out here and saying, I, I will always love you. I fell in love when I heard Brian Dowling say how he sent Arthur to get uh, tomato sauce and came back with tomato puree. I love her. Um, and then she goes, yeah, I don't know. And she asks her mate, and her mate says, yeah, yeah, they should go out. And she goes, all right, fine. Seems like he's having a good time. I give Anna a B2. Owen gets a C3. I didn't get to know him, and he seemed just be like nodding along, getting it. Actually, you know, I'm going to give him a C1, because he said, yeah, lovers, uh, which I dig. Uh, and I'm going to give the mate who threw Anna under the bus and said, yeah, they definitely should go on a date, even though they definitely shouldn't. I'm going to give her a D3. I thought that was a very un- un- uncouth, <laughs> uh, uncool uh, move. Um, and the couples all get to go to Westlife, and they all look like the sort of people who would like to go to Westlife. What a waste of time. And then Lorraine Schwanberg wins 20 grand <laughs> at the end, a woman on the phone. She got the meatloaf lyric right. And that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. And can I just say, look, I'm only having a laugh here, right? Everyone on this, right? All, everyone who appeared on this. Kate, Niall, Laura, Michael, Joe, Joanne, Amy, Ronan, Sandra, David, Anna, Owen. I'm only having a laugh. As if you, as if I know enough about you to even, even you know, make a claim. And I'm sure there's footage. I'm sure you could watch of me, uh, you know, bottling it on stand-up online somewhere or going on panel shows and no one laughing at my jokes and you can get a shitty impression of me you all seem like very nice people and to be fair it is incredibly brave of anyone to go on there and do that uh, it's such a weird format um i'm sure i'm sure anyone who signed up thought that they'd have a bit more time and a bit more time to talk it's so i know from firsthand that's why i don't really like doing tv or live tv or live radio 
is it's so hard to dilute everything into one single soundbite, and that's all people expect to do. I have the luxury of having an hour here to shy on about use, and that's a very fortuitous uh, position for me, uh, or a very handy position for me. So look, no hard feelings. I thought you all, it's hard to get a single line out there, so you know I'm only having a laugh. This is not you, I'm grading here. Um, it's essentially just the questions that Ryan asked and pretty much the answers that anyone would give. So I just want to say that because I love you. I think you're very brave. And I think hopefully you do find someone who is better matched to you, you know, and it's no harm just showing your true self out there. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore, <laughs> but I'm going to leave now. I want to thank the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dublin Irish Whiskey. Go to the DLD.com, grab yourself a bottle now, and I hope you had a lovely Valentine's Day. I love you. You had so much fun. And guys, we love you. <laughs> All the best. Bye-bye. It's only girl will shut your eyes.